You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 113 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne. Guys, how we doing on this Monday evening? Oh, you know, Harp, just living it up in Collingwood. Uh, I got a recommendation for everyone. It's to follow me on Strava so you can see me setting PRs on Blue Mountain every single night, just shredding it up. Anyways, go ahead, Chad. How you doing? Case, I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to seeing that in a few weeks when we all come to Blue Mountain and we, we're having a little ski trip. We've got that planned for a few weeks from now. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing your skills that you talk so highly about all the time. So It's going to be pretty tiring when I'm just lapping you guys. So i got to go <laughs> up and down the chairlift because you're taking so long. Listen, I don't claim to be a, a world-class skier. I'm an average skier. I might do a black diamond if I feel like it during the day, but I'm more for the drinks afterwards the hot tub and all of that that surrounds a ski trip. So that's what I'm in it for. But enough about us, guys. We have a very special guest this episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, you you already know who it is. And if I guess if you read the title, if you're not an idiot, you also know who it is. Uh, It's Mr. Andrew Jarvis. Andrew, how are you? Welcome to the Boys in the Booth podcast. I'm doing well, boys. Thanks for having me. Quite the intro. I don't want to follow Abe's on Strava, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Feel bad about yourself real quick. Yeah, I would. (laughs) <laughs> and harper i yeah, guess man. i should have asked too how how are you doing that was something i skipped sorry about that i'm i'm good i'm good i actually had a whole big intro plan for for jarvo here and do it do it but, i'm sorry uh, i stole the thunder do it please. no no that's okay i'm doing good just going back to the skiing for a second i i might not even hit the ski hill boys i might just find a, a nearby hot tub and just crush all day uh, uh, while well, you guys are on the hill. So, no, I'll, I'll get into my intro, though, for, for our, our special guest here. So, uh, a Morrisburg, Ontario native drafted by the, the Brockville Braves in the second round of the 2012 CCHL draft, where he played uh, for the Braves for four seasons, 2014 to 2018, and was the captain uh, for two of those seasons, his last two years in Brockville, before moving on to Carleton University. And with his his fourth year, uh, his 21-22 season put on pause. On January 11th, he signed with the Allen Americans, the ECHL affiliate of the NHL Seattle Kraken. So please welcome again uh, to the Boys in the Booth podcast, Mr. Andrew Jarvis. Jarvo, we uh, we kind of jumped the gun there, but again, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, that was incredible. I like that. That was good. <laughs> that was way better than mine. So <laughs> Both very good. Awesome. So, uh, Jarvo, just right off the bat, man, like uh, you you're settled in 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 Allen, Texas now. Just uh, what was your initial reaction to the news and and how did you find out that you had been signed? Well, um, obviously, to start, it was unfortunate with the OUA and new sports, how they've handled everything. Like we literally didn't know a thing. We had no idea what was going on when we were going to be able to be on the ice again. Um, So. a couple of years ago at Carlton, I played with Darian Skio, and he's down here in Allen. He's their tough guy. He's a crazy bastard. But uh, anyways, I played with him at Carlton, and he uh, told the coach about me, so I'm pretty sure the coach watched a couple of games or something and got a hold of me, and here I am. Quick turnaround. It was within a couple of days. Like, 
you mentioned I signed the ninth, and I think talks began the eighth or ninth. So or the eleventh. Yeah. So wow. that's crazy how quick that can happen. I know that like. Yes. When you talk to guys from the OHL or anyone who works in that league or use sports, it's the uncertainty that has just been killing everyone. And, and you don't know what's going to happen and they don't fill you in at all. So so guys got to make some some moves or some quick decisions. A lot of them, you know, going out to Europe or uh, going down to play in the East Coast or trying to sign with an AHL team because it's you, you got to do something or you're just, you're just going to be sitting there and getting stale, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what was happening. They literally started to like lose the love for the games. Like, what am I doing? What's my purpose right now? Like, sure, you're in school, but like hockey and like sports, friends, like you guys know that. Like, that's what gets you away from all the bullshit in life. So, I don't know. It's just something that I wanted to grab by the horns while I had the chance to, because who knows if I would have had this opportunity at the end of the year, right? So, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And, uh, Jervo, <laughs> you were. To, to keep busy, were you doing like some construction or carpentry work on the side or something? Yeah, I was doing uh, bang on roofing. It's unbelievable. It's so fun. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, awesome. It makes my summers. Yeah, first year doing it, I loved it. Loved every bit of it. That's awesome, Jarvo. I wanted to ask about uh, the transition from moving and and so abruptly and so recently as well from moving from Ottawa to Texas. What that was like, like weather, culture, <laughs> everything, time zones. We know are different uh, because you're late to this call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't go to school for uh, geography or time zones, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, no, um, absolutely freezing. Right when I left was when we got that huge snowfall. It was like two feet freezing. Uh, and then I got to Allen and it was plus 12 the day that I landed. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it was unbelievable. But the people here are unreal. Like, people here are what like, Canada is perceived to be like very outgoing, very nice. It's like, I find the people here like so much more outgoing. Like nobody seems like stuck up as like Ottawa in the city. Like, it's brutal, of course. It's people are so rude in here that they're, they're unbelievable. It's That's why I was going to ask. You know, like, it's because so COVID doesn't exist down there. That's why, That's Jarvo. Right. Man, like one in uh, <laughs> one in twenty five, thirty people have a mask on. It's like you guys are nuts. Like this is you guys are living. Everything seems fine. Everything's normal. No mandates. It's unreal. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, I kind of like, I know some people from Texas and some people that have lived in Texas and with it being such a massive state there, there's such a vast difference in, in culture in all of the different cities. So I was kind of curious what Alan's like, kind of, you know, being like attached to Dallas and just the difference between living in, in Dallas or in rural Texas or uh, Austin, even for that matter, is like a whole different state, the way they they react so it's uh interesting to see that or hear that they're the the friendliest people you've <laughs> been around in a while <laughs> that's awesome yeah no for sure so so jarvo you're you're settled in now obviously you've played six games with the team but uh there were some bumps along the way tell us what happened with your luggage and that whole situation <laughs> with uh with the airline and everything that you were on and, and you were tweeting about it, just so frustrated. What happened, man? I just checked in my bag in Syracuse and that's the last time I saw it. And it's just like, I stole a goalie bag mob. So that's why I threw everything that I had in the goalie bag, what I took. And I just wanted to do one big bag for this reason to not have it lost. And here we are, I think 15, 16 days in American airlines. 
But I did. I did go support them, I guess. Uh, I went and watched the Stars game against the Habs in Dallas at American Airlines Center. Yeah, I got there. I'm like, no way the arena is called American Airlines. (laughs) Oh my God. That's that's just meant to be. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. Lost it. It's gone. Um, I contacted them today for the first time in however long, and uh, still no update. So, So what? Brand new gear then, top to bottom? I mean, obviously, if you're going to a new team, you're expected to get new pants, gloves, helmets, sticks, whatever. So that doesn't matter. But, like, skates and shit, too? Like, you had to do everything? Yeah, man. I had to, They have some, like, uh, protective gear, like shin guards, elbow pads, shoulder pads, or whatever. But uh, I had to go buy some new skates. And they can't, pay, uh, they can't pay for skates until the player's been with the team for 60 days, I believe. So uh, if I can stick it out from still here in 60 days, then wow. maybe I'll hand in that receipt. But if not, then $12,000 or well, 1200 bucks just gone. Skate okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this in because it's skate talk and I absolutely have to. We were, we were talking before. I was like, I got one story I got to bring up and you, you knew exactly what it was right away. <laughs> uh, I should be asking, you know, losing your skates. Are you using your grandfather's skates anymore? Because... No. Uh, <laughs> My uh, my grandfather's right skate is retired. Actually, it's done well. That leather old CCM boot. Yeah, back in the day, uh, Jarvis was was playing for our double A team, and I don't know if you took a puck to the skate or what happened, but it was back before the days that you could just throw some throw some new blades in there, and he shatters a blade and he's doing the the taves or like when someone's pushing you to the bench to get back off the ice and we're like oh shit we just lost jarvis for the game like what are we gonna do about this he goes oh i've got a skate in my bag i could use that i could throw that on (laughs) he goes into the the dressing room and comes out with his grandfather's skate from god 1925 it's all leather and absolutely no ankle to it like square blades and he comes out wearing a right skate from 1925 and his original left skate and finishes the game on that it was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen playing hockey is watching you play with that i need to stay on the ice well (laughs) well, when we were playing double a you know we had a lot of call-ups and there's call-ups that you dreaded to see in uh the change room when you got there and then there's call-ups like you or uh poirier where you hear that you're we hear that you're playing for the team and we're like we got a chance tonight (laughs) so watching you blow a blade i was like oh god what are we gonna do for the rest of this game but that was some uh some innovation to pull that skate out and to wobble around on that man i had i didn't even have the other skate with me i just had my grandpa's one skate in my bag and for god knows why I just had <laughs> one right skate. sure enough my right blade breaks and i went and laced him up yeah never looked back won the tournament yeah, unbelievable. There you go. Surely that was some sort of like like superstition or something. Like, was there magic in the skate? Like, what like, what was the deal there? Why would you have one 1925 skate? Not a clue, man. I had uh, both of them were like hanging up in my buddy's garage. There's my grandpa's old skates. I don't know. They're just hanging up in his garage. And I don't know why I had the one with me. I just, it was in my bag. I don't well, know. Chad, you, you talk about the magic. It's because 
all of us were absolutely buzzing on the bench when he came out wearing that thing. It's like the the morale boost on that team. Oh, 20 miles, 20 smiles, and we finished it out. because Looking back on it now, I don't, what is that guy thinking? Like, get off the That's true. I could not imagine being the other team, no. not knowing you at all, or like how you are, and watching you come out with that skate. Oh, my God. I would be slashing you in the ankle. It's oh. No protection oh. at all. Nothing. Yeah, and like, and also too. Yes, you're a fantastic player. Loved when you got called up uh, to play for the team. But like, imagine being the other team and thinking, "Who is this guy with no name bar on the back with one fucking 1925 skate? Like, what is? Who is this guy? He's got like Perth colored gloves. Yeah, I had like white eagle gloves, a blue helmet, just a little douchebag. <laughs> but uh, another funny story about that year being called up to the Kings with you guys was uh, my mom like doesn't know much about hockey or whatever. And I had uh, Carson Pickup's brother's jersey on, so it said Pickup on the back. My mom's like, "Well, oh, that's weird. Like they gave the affiliate player a jersey that says a Pickup." Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did not think about that either. So you were a marked man every time you were called up in our league because no one liked Pickup. So. I didn't belong. <laughs> that that is an awesome story uh jarvis uh i want to get into your time in brockville a little bit four seasons the last two years there uh you served as the captain just what did the captaincy mean to you uh your head coach at the time being jesse winchester you guys had a lot of success uh just uh how do you reflect back on your time in, in brockville with the braves and uh, and being the captain for for your final two seasons uh, here in Beeville. Uh, yeah, it was the highlight of my career. Uh, Brockville's literally like uh, home for me now. Like I love the people there. Just like going to school there, meeting everybody. Like it was so fun to to wear the to be the captain. I guess like with how many other captains that were there, with like what junior hockey means to Brockville people. Like I don't know, it was uh, it was a big deal for me at the time and. I don't know it's led me to where I am now, put me through to Carlton. So without like without Brockville, without the school there, the team, like my buddies there, all you guys, like who knows where I would have went after that. But I'm just really glad that everything happened in Brockville and yeah, it's it was incredible the whole time. Yeah, it's thinking back to growing up in Brockville, that's kinda of what we did on like a Friday night or, or- uh yeah friday night home night is you went down to the memorial center and you watched the braves play and it was just like such a big deal for us growing up and then like seeing you get the captaincy is like you know little little hometown pride moment there like it's definitely awesome to see so we were thrilled to see that and uh i guess kind of to work into how you got to the braves like I know you're you're knowing you you're just going to give the most humble answer there is here but I was kind of wondering when you knew you were good at hockey knew you're sick at hockey because talking about you it's like one of my favorite stories of climbing the ladder like multiple years in a row kind of playing in Mooresburg like either B rep or B house and then all of a sudden you know you call up for our double A team and then you're on AAA next year, and then you're playing Junior B, and then you're Junior A for a few years, and then U Sports, and now ECHL. It's like you have absolutely climbed the ladder in 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 sports around here. So I was kind of wondering, like, you know, when did you did you kind of feel like you had a chance? Was it that that second year in Brockville? 
Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Actually, that meant a lot. That was sweet. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was my second year in Brockville. Uh, before that, like playing junior B for my hometown, like fun, whatever. Ended up getting in a couple junior A games when I was 16, whatever. 17, didn't belong. Like I was there, did my job, wasn't good at all. And I don't know, 18, it just clicked. Like I did nothing different. Um, the points came from like Neil Robinson, Liam Folks, Billings, like all, all the incredible players on our team. So like, but that is when I kind of hit my stride and kind of knew like, okay, well maybe I can do something with hockey, get an education out of or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, that, that year was uh, definitely where I just kind of hit my stride and never really looked back. And now I'm here. So thankful for it. Yeah. I, I thought for sure when you asked the question case like when did it kind of click for you that you know you knew that you're good at hockey and could do something i thought and this was what i would have said well you know maybe the year i had like 72 points in 14 games and be rap like that would be a clue you know <laughs> thinking like why am i you know i should be playing triple a here with these chumps around me but obviously we know the type of guy you are the humbleness shows through so that's the answer we we expected there and looking at your stats too like the second year that really sticks out so case could pick up on that and it just makes sense like you were tearing it up in that second year and then obviously after that as well but it seems like you know you're one of these players who just gets better with age and clearly now playing in the echl like that is that is a fantastic um achievement in itself yeah thanks a lot man i appreciate that yeah and what what, another thing that sticks out to me too is you you did it all playing a tough position and and being a smaller puck moving defenseman and we're really starting to see a lot of those kinds of guys get to the next level like a guy that sticks out for me right now is Scott Perunovic with the yeah. St. Louis Blues so Jarvo like are there defensemen out there that you've kind of looked at growing up and and that you know you kind of want to model your game after and and you know what like watch youtube clips on or, or whoever i just curious about that um not really but you guys are probably gonna laugh but like i used to love watching like mike weaver and francis bullion like those two little tiny habs d-men i just thought they were hilarious <laughs> like their job or whatever and i love them but no it's uh smaller d-men if you can skate and you can think the game that's what you need like you don't need any more big dummies that can't skate and you think you're going to develop them. You're not, if you don't have hockey sense, you're just not going to be a good hockey player. Like, but yeah, no, there's uh, definitely a lot more smaller defensemen coming up because they can't think the game. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a new trend for sure. So you would yeah, say you're, absolutely. you're a bigger fan of Romanov than say Sherratt. If we're talking now, <laughs> Habs defenseman. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Even though Sherratt like plays those big minutes, was unreal in the playoffs. Like I love Romanov. Like he's, I wish he would fight a little bit more when people come after him. Like he kind of shies away, but he does his job out there. He hits hard, man. He hits like a truck. Oh, I, you, you beat me to it, Jarbo. Like that guy is pounding other guys this season. Wow. It, wow. It, it is. I think, is he not the league leader in hits for defensemen he, right now? He could be up there. He could be up there. And a lot of them are like heavy hits. Too. Yeah. He yeah. lines people up, little Russian bastard. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask about U Sports as well. Um, I know we've talked a bit about the the East Coast, and we'll get back to that because I want to talk about what the jungle is like for you so far. But first, I want to I want you to talk about U Sports. What was that experience like uh, at Carlton? Just 
did you play with some talented players like was the like what was the league like because i know u sports i think compared to say an ncaa gets sort of a bad rap but i know it's fantastic hockey so maybe just talk a bit about that yeah for sure it's right there with ncaa if not better than a couple leagues in the ncaa um nothing against them like they're all incredible hockey players and they're a little bit younger too so that helps them um but u sports is so good man like no one has any respect for anybody like ryerson's unreal like shanker's obviously unreal there's so many good players in the league and at carlton like i played with probably already 10 pros in like the four years and there's going to be more coming out of them and just the whole uh the whole league just produces good pro hockey players and if they don't want to play pro or pro or play hockey anymore they have a good education it's just it's becoming a uh it's becoming a more popular route these days that's for sure yeah yeah you kind of you said it right there Jarbo. you kind of get the best of both worlds like you get that really good education and and you get to play really high quality hockey too and a lot of success stories coming out of out of you sports and and cis you know the former name for it but you know a guy that comes to mind is michael latta who who played uh who played at ryerson and then um you know goes and and uh is part of a uh, stanley cup winning team in washington in uh in in 2018 and so maybe didn't get a lot of minutes but still like to just to to be a part of of that organization that cup winning team uh just must have been incredible so no it it is uh it is a fantastic uh fantastic hockey that's for sure yeah Yeah, it's funny sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say that like that's the same thing zach said shankar when he was on he was like it's as good or sometimes better than the ncaa yeah for sure i was just gonna say like i didn't even know that a lot of guy played at ryerson had no clue i know he is but like that's a part of the problem like no one talks about canadian university hockey like no one knows anything about it like there's 150 fans at a game compared to a you know braves game where there's 500 or something like, you'd think it would be the other way around but it's like it's crazy no one no one recognizes anything but it's starting to be recognized that's for sure people are starting to talk about it and like you said uh harp um starting to get traction and people are starting to be uh pipelined up to the big leagues so it's pretty yeah. cool yeah, that's for sure. Um, Jarvo, like, obviously, these past couple years have been frustrating for everyone in the game, no matter what league you're in. And so, obviously, things worked out for you. You got an ECHL deal, but just, like, your heart must just ache for some of the older guys who won't get a chance anywhere else. Yeah, it's brutal. It's every league, like, Junior B players, their last year, they want to have fun. They want to be on a good winning team. Like they, they can't. You literally can't go to the rink and practice with your buddies and then go battle with them in a game. Like it's brutal. Any, any league, like you said, any age, um, my heart does ache for them. It sucks. Like it's brutal. It doesn't make sense in all honesty. But here we are, right? And decisions yeah. have to be made. So, yeah. Yeah. You think about what, like, where, where would you be right now if, uh, if during your, you know, triple A year or like calling up with us, like when we were that age, I think about my cousins that age, like if, if we were that age and we weren't playing hockey because of COVID, it's like, that would have changed the course of like everything. Like, would you have ended up going to Carlton? Would you be playing for the Braves? It's like, it, it's amazing to think about how little time it takes to make such a, an impact to, to a young kids hockey in, in their future for it. So yeah, that's crazy. Like, 
being that age, like I wouldn't have known you guys if this happened. Like you meet so many people, you open new doors. Like it's just like they're missing out on so much, and it's not their fault. Like they followed all guidelines, they've done everything, and like, and your cousins still get like put down for it. You know, it kind of sucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think a guy Gerbil, like a guy like oh, Shane sorry. Wright is a prime example of someone who's taken a hit oh. from having a year off. Um, that's obviously at the very high end of of guys who are dealing with this, but of course, everyone and even throughout minor hockey is dealing with it as well. But uh, I wanted to switch gears now and, and talk about the East Coast League. Now that you're playing there, you've been there for you know a, a little while now. You've gotten a taste. What was your, you know, first impression of the league and just like, how are you fitting in? And uh, just just maybe give me your general vibe of the league right now, because it's called the jungle for a reason. So I want to hear about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's another league with not much respect for one another. That's for sure. Um, But it's fast, man. Like everyone's like older, has so many years under their belt and like. They're so smart. Like they, they find a little passing lane underneath your stick, and they're gonna nail it. They're gonna send it back door. Like it's, it's not easy, but uh, it's been a challenge. But I think I'm starting to fit in. I get more comfortable every game. The coaches seem to be uh, playing me a little bit more than I anticipated they would. Uh, we have some guys out, so maybe that's why. But you know, it's nice to uh, be out there and play for these guys. And it's been unreal, man. It's quick hockey. No, that's how, that's, how that's long awesome. did it take for you to uh, drop the gloves? I'm pretty sure I saw five beside your name in the penalty minutes. So unless you're sticking some guy in the nuts, I think that's a no, fight. Wasn't doing that. No, I was fighting. Yeah, it was my uh, <laughs> game against Dylan Sadway. He was a really good player in the OHL. He's a really good player. Strong guy. He hit me really hard with the right. Really yeah. hard. <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a rite of passage on the team? Like you, you had to do that as fast as you could to kind of get a little more comfortable? Yeah, on on it's an unwritten rule, kind of for a guy that's not skilled, you know, like a guy that just comes in and you know needs to do a job. I think uh, the guy asked me to go, and I was like, you know what, why not? See what I can do. Fair enough. And then the fourth game, I got into one as well. So two fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a ten there now. <laughs> You've got, uh, you know the. The points aren't bad through six games either. You've got two apples, and and so fitting in and and uh, contributing a little bit on the score sheet as well. Um, last game, obviously not the result that you guys wanted against the Utah Grizzlies. Just uh, take us through uh, the four three loss against Utah last night. Uh, well, we were down o uh, two in the three game series, so we had to have a big push, and I thought we did. And I thought we were the better team Sunday. We were not the better team. Uh, Friday or Saturday, they have a really good team. Like their defensemen are so active, like they're like switching everything up. They're crossing people up. They're they're a really good team. But uh, no, last night we came out really hard. It was a really good game. Uh, we had our chances. A couple two on ones. Their goalie made some incredible stops and ended up just coming up short. Even though we had some pressure on the third, but that's how hockey goes. Yeah. yeah, that blew my mind when uh, Harper said that you were in Utah yesterday. It's like at the twenty-one and a half half-hour drive to get home. It's like, and he, he's coming on the pod for us, so definitely respect that. And that's kind of something I want to talk about with the ECHL. And you've kind of alluded to it, saying that it's a league where there's not a lot of respect for each other. Well, the ECHL has something that I wish the NHL had more of. Um, we saw a little bit of it in the last year, but I want to see more. And that's series is because you guys got to travel by bus to get out to these teams. And, and when you're there, you're, you got to pack in a few games in a row. So 
a few games in a row against a team. Like I know you play Newfoundland four times in the, in the next little spree here that just builds so much hate in my mind. Like I would absolutely want to murder the other team if, if I played yeah. them four times in a row. So that's got to be something to, to why there's so much hate and why it's called the jungle, right? Like tell me about like these road trips and, and then having to play a team that many times in a row. Man, it's nuts. The travel is crazy. We're actually lucky we get to fly, except for Tulsa. We busted Tulsa, so we flew to Utah, flew back. Okay. All right. We have a big division, though. We cover a lot of ground, and mm-hmm. the other divisions, they all bust, which sucks. But three and threes, like last weekend I had one, this weekend I have one. That's six games in like 12 days. I played seven games in the past two years. Like, I'm so <laughs> good <at> now. <laughs> My body tell. hurts. It's not fun but when you're out there it's fun no teams uh teams hate each other a lot of these guys are on ahl contracts so they're fighting to get back up in the ahl and like they're coming hard they're all good players heavy boys like just they're all pros right there's no really like big flashy players they're all they're making passes they're making plays supporting the puck like they're they're pro players it's that much harder for sure is there any specific team that you've kind of heard the guys talk about as like the team to hate in your division or even in the league? Uh, honestly, God, not really anything yet. I've only played in like three teams so far. Um, but there is a lot of talk about like other teams, tough guys and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of that talk in this league about like, Oh shit, we got to play this guy. Like let's get under his skin or let's not get under his skin either. Or <laughs> right. <funny. laughs> Any uh, same same question, but instead of talking about tough guys or tough teams to play, any like stars to look out for that you've heard of? Like, who are some of the best players in the league that you know off the top of your head? Uh, that I know of off the top of my head is actually like our captain. He's thirty five years old. He's like third in the league in scoring right now. Um, he had like three years back to back to back over a hundred points in this league. He's going to be a hall of famer in this league. Went overseas like led the league his respective team in the del the top league in germany like he's an incredible player so you have like those type of smart guys then there's like a uh, little boucher kid on uh, utah that we just played like pretty sure he's drafted signed to colorado just so skilled like just looks so much better than a lot of us out there and you can tell that like he doesn't belong you know he should be up a league but uh all in all there's not much discrepancy but there is like there's a lot of top end skill here that should not be in this league but unfortunately with covid and everything right now people going up and down that's where they are and our team's got a couple of them for sure yeah when i think about the echl and like how how the nhl kind of uses it the most i think about young goaltenders it seems like a lot of the time they give a young goaltender a little stint in the echl to get some games under his belt so it's probably going to be some tough tough net miners you're going to see in the in the future here because like i think about mackenzie blackwood with the devils that's my team they they sent him down multiple times to try to get you know a little confidence and and some games and it worked for him so you see that happening a lot there's a lot of good goalies like just think about it like there's 32 teams in the nhl that's 64 goalies i think um (laughs) that's not a lot that's not a lot of room for goalies right so like if you're playing in the east coast league or ahl or nhl you're a damn good goalie like it's not an easy position to succeed in yeah for sure 
Yeah. Well, as you come up to Newfoundland, you're going to be playing against Ian Scott, who is affiliated with the Maple Leafs, like played in the American yeah. League last year. He's been out with injury, but he just got loaned to the Growlers like a couple days ago. So that's a, a really good goalie to play against in your yeah. in your coming games here. Traffic. I'll <laughs> 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 well, get a shot or two through, that's for sure. Yeah, I yeah, also well, think of uh, Uko Pekalukin and Harp, who had had some time there in the East Coast, and now he's playing in the NHL. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Jarvo, like I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Hauser and his story, like second yeah, yeah. year in a row coming up, and he he's looked great so far for the Sabers. Yeah, it was a good story last year. Really good, and he stood on his head. He's been unreal. Our goalie yeah. Antoine Bebo, he just got called up to Seattle. Just straight, he was in our he was in our locker room, and he's like. Oh boys, that was Seattle. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that was where I was going with this. I, I love that you brought that up. Former Leaf, former Leaf yeah. Bebo. There you go. Unreal man. Yeah. So many goalies here, so good. It's crazy. Yeah. That that is that is awesome, Jarvo. I wanted to bring up something that uh, you know it, it it sucks to talk about, and and this this is an incident that happened over the weekend. I'm sure that you're familiar with it, but you know I wanted to wanted to get your reaction to it because you know obviously it happened in the league that you're now playing in, and so just the the incident between Jacob Panetta and and Jordan Subban over the weekend. Just your your initial reaction, and and just like how how this is still happening like it's it's ridiculous yeah it's not a good sight for anybody um obviously we all stand with jordan suban and all people of color right and like it's supposed to be an inclusive game unfortunately it's not right now it's flat out not obviously um it's unfortunate that families have to go through that um however you know listening to panetta's uh, story that he released like I'm going to listen to it um, and believe that he didn't have those intentions, but the league's doing an investigation on it. Right. So I see both sides. And right now I just, I feel for all people of color and um, like, I'm sorry for it too. You know, like I hate that they have to go through this. Um, But you know what? At least coming coming to the attention of people and we're talking about it way more than we would have a couple of years ago. So that's a positive step. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. It, well said, man. You know, hockey's so close to all of us that it's like I, I want every single human being to have the opportunity to to play hockey and to to experience what I went through and meet all their friends and everything that yeah. I've gotten from hockey. And it is great to to see that things are you know coming coming to light and getting brought up way more and and being recognized but i i gotta say it's it's tough that it needs to get to pk suban level of of fame to to be brought out in the media you know who like would this would this be brought up as much as it is if if pk didn't say something so um you know it's tough that it, it takes uh stardom to to be to be brought up but yeah it's good to good to see the reaction from the community and from uh, everyone in hockey so yeah case yeah. that's uh that's a good point because that's how i saw it i follow pk suban i saw it on his page and obviously it was jordan that's why if it happened to another player in the league do you think we're hearing about it this quickly or or this massively in the media maybe but odds are probably not so yeah. it is uh it's good that pk used his platform to share it as well mm-hmm. um a few things i will say i think the most uh like the worst part about this whole thing was in the video 
where the person was filming, you could hear some people in the crowd chanting racial slurs at the player. And <sighs> so that's like, for me, the worst thing. But also, you're right, the player um, who is who allegedly made this gesture did come out with a video and he said, you know, it was more of a tough guy uh, action that he was doing, similar to a Tom Wilson. And so we don't really know what his intentions were, right? And you'd like to give the benefit of the doubt. And so the league will investigate and we'll see what comes out of that. But for me, the thing that there's no investigation about and the thing that you can prove without a shadow of the doubt is, is a f- the fans in the stands who were chanting yeah. racial slurs. To me, that was beyond disgusting, and I can't believe like that is still happening. Yeah, It's nuts. It's too bad. It's You don't want those people in the stands. You don't want to be anywhere near those people. You, like, you, I, it's disgusting. It's gross. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah And, and you mentioned, sure. too, just to wrap up this topic, um, you mentioned that you know, hockey is something that should be for everyone. And that's the NHL slogan. Hockey is for everyone. Well, you guys know Akeem Aliou. He came out yesterday and said the slogan should be changed from hockey is for everyone, which it clearly isn't at this point, to hockey should be for everyone because we're not there yet. And so that was something he said. Totally agree. And uh, just to wrap up this whole talk, it's depressing, but it's still happening. So we have to, to give it some lip service for, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving your thoughts on, on that whole situation, Jarvo. Appreciate it. And again, it's you know, it's not it's not easy to talk about. It sucks. But uh, yeah, no, good to good to bring it up on the pod for sure. Uh, w- one more for me, just uh, your your initial conversation with management, the coach, whatever. Like, was there anything in there about uh, like a message being like, you know, we're we're really looking forward to having you, and and you know, if you come down here and and play really well, who knows? You could be looking at uh, you know possibly uh, going up to uh, to the Charlotte Checkers, of course, the AHL affiliate of Seattle. Was there any talk about that, or just or like just the excitement around that possibility? I just I wondered about that at all. Uh, no, there wasn't any talk about being called up or anything like that. Like, we have a really really strong decor. Um, and those guys will be going up way before I would, uh, deservingly. Uh, there wasn't talk about it, no, but like, it was pretty cool to like, you know, see the emails, get the contracts with like Charlotte's logo on it, with Seattle's logo on it. It's like, oh, it's, it's a pretty cool feeling to have, uh, you know, like to be affiliated with an organization like that. Um, and when I was talking to uh, Steve Martinson, the coach and GM, great guy, he's very hard nosed, old, uh, old school guy, he really gets it. Um, he just said, like, come do your thing. Uh, we're glad to have you, and we'll see you in an Allen. And sure enough, got down here, no equipment. He gave me some, and I've been on there. So. <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, Jarvo, like, not not just any NHL organization that you're affiliated with, right? Like, the 32nd franchise in the NHL in their first season, uh, and you just you mentioned how special it is. It's got to feel a little extra special knowing that, you know, this team is making history. Uh, in its first season and and um you know in a way you're kind of a part of that yeah it is cool i never really thought of it that way um but no that's it's really cool i've been a seattle kraken fan my whole life so <laughs> same here <laughs> so cool <laughs> yeah. not the hobby police right now they look good man yeah i mean we're we'll gonna make a big run We'll see what they do in the playoffs. That's the main thing. But I'm I'm just picturing the coach and GM like on your arrival, and you're like, 
empty handed and he's like where's your gear and you're like man like (laughs) great first impression (laughs) Um, mentioning uh mentioning charlotte like god i hope one day you get a chance to to do some training with connor carrick because that guy looks like an absolute football player i've never seen a hockey player built like he is i was like god uh harp just mentioned charlotte i was like well man you got to uh you got to get training with him so you can be a freaking monster jeez yeah he's wild i had the chance to play with his brother blake in brockville and even he's like a little bulldog too. They're just both jacked little maniacs. Like they're strong. Yeah. Like, I follow I follow Connor on all uh, all Instagram, Twitter. He's got incredible stuff. He's always sharing what he's doing and what he stands for and stuff. He's he's really cool to follow. If you guys don't, you should. Yeah, I do follow him. Like when he played for the Devils is when I first started following yeah, right. him. And now I still follow him because his Instagram's pretty pretty yeah. interesting. And he's a player that I full on think will be a coach. In yeah, the oh, NHL yeah, exactly. someday yeah, exactly. because he is yeah. very intelligent both yeah. you know about hockey and then broader topics he, he's a very intelligent guy so interested yeah. to see where he can go with that bit Karen of a coffee has... snob i heard though oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> coffee and grass-fed beef yeah that's what it is <laughs> connor carrick has his own podcast too doesn't he yeah yeah, yeah. uh Sweet. jarvo what i was going to say we're talking about uh, you know, going between the ECHL and the AHL, if you stick it out for a couple of years, I think you should wait and then, you know, really make your push in the coming years when you can go out to Coachella Valley and uh, start more? start playing out there. That'd be a nice place to play, wouldn't That'd it? That'd be wild. That would be absolutely crazy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Probably better than Charlotte. Yeah, probably for my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Jar- Jarvo, I know uh, you're uh, just switching gears a little bit. I know you're a big Montreal Canadiens fan, and and just wanted to uh, wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the the new GM and uh, and and what you think about uh, about that. Um, uh, what uh, what's his name again? I, I'm drawing a blank here. Gort- Kent Hughes. Sorry. Kent Hughes, Kent yeah. Hughes. Well, there's yes. Jeff Gordon who's going to be calling the shots, but yeah, Kent yeah. Hughes is, yeah. is the guy. But yeah, yeah. just uh, what, what do you think about that, Jarvo? Do you think it's going to be a good fit? And, and just how do you feel about the direction of the team moving forward? Well, first, I'm glad they're not just francophones. Like, well, that's just the dumbest thing in all sports that their fan base gets pissed off about. Like, Preach. it's ridiculous to me. So I'm glad that there's a couple. Uh, English guys in there just to prove everybody wrong. But I don't know. Bergevin did a really good job, I thought. Like, sure, he made some bad trades, but what GM hasn't? Like, it's impossible to draft and be a GM. Like, it's, no one's going to be perfect. Like, people are always going to make bad picks or make bad trades. So I'm sure that's going to be the case with the two new guys. And hopefully they make more uh, better decisions than worse. But I don't know. I don't like where the Habs are. That's for sure. <laughs> Brutal, man. Yeah. I have a it's feeling so they. Their first pick is not going to be a hard decision when it's number one overall. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. We hope so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be drafting number eight or something when we're supposed to be picking one. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Just you don't, know what, though? Just don't pick number three because yeah, that hasn't gone good. well for the Habs. No, that's right. And you know what, though, Jarvo? Like, I, it, tough season, I know, but like, if you're going to be bad, like this is kind of the year to do it. Like you have a chance to get in the top pick. The draft is in Montreal this year. And also let's not forget, they have that second first round pick and Kent Hughes coming in as the GM, his son, Jack at Northeastern 
could very well be there for them. So anyway, could could be a nice uh, could be a nice night uh, at uh, at the draft table for Montreal at the Bell Center. We hope so. I hope so. Anyway. <laughs> of course, there. Why is there a connection? Where did you pull that connection out of your ass? <laughs> every single time. Oh my god! I need a chalkboard for that one, Mark. Like, figure out what's going on. That was good. Uh, uh, I I wanted to to ask Jarvo. Do you like watch any games? I know you're a big Habs fan. That's what we're talking about. Do you do you watch any games now that you're playing? I watch hockey every night. Really? Yeah, I watch a lot of games. I'm a hockey nerd. Big stats guy too. I'm on. Elite prospects, hockey DB, all of them looking at people. Yeah, well, about that stuff. I'll tell you that your elite prospects. I mean, I'm all, I'm already blowing it up, but it's probably going to get 364 more views in the next year, just from me alone. <laughs> going to be watching you like a hawk. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome, boys. Uh, I uh, I don't really have anything else uh, left. Uh, what about you guys? Any last uh, questions or thoughts for for Jarvo here? Uh, I don't think I have any more questions. Just want to wish you the best of luck and uh, hope that one day I can be using you on NHL uh, twenty two or three or four or whenever it comes. And I'm yes. definitely going to jack your potential up to a yes. franchise player. But you know, that's nice. That's nice. Appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, not nothing for me. Again, just to reiterate what Casey said, good luck with everything, man. I hope you have a great season. I hope you're able to continue to play games and, you know, this shit doesn't get shut down again. And, uh, you know, all the best. But the thing is, you know, you're in Texas, so I think you're probably good. But, uh, you know, it'd be, so. it'd be more so for, like, Newfoundland or whatever. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Jarvo. Jerbo, thanks again, man, and uh, best of luck Wednesday night back on home ice against uh, the Rapid City Rush. So uh, all the best, man, and and thanks so much for taking the time to come on the pod tonight. Really appreciate it. No, thank you guys. That was cool. I loved it. Good seeing you guys, too. Nice catching up, chatting hockey. It's perfect. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. Perfect, yeah. Good times. All right, boys. Thanks a lot. Take care, boys. Yeah, take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.